How's it going, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Clocked In Podcast. And today, we are here to give a week eight recap. And who is the best team in the NFL? That is a question that a lot of people are going to try and figure out because we are through the midway point of the season, week eight. The trade deadline was yesterday. There weren't a lot of crazy things that went down. There was about like three or four major trades. And I think the Texans were like super, super close um, from acquiring Will Fuller. And honestly, that would have been, I mean, the Packers, the Packers would have been really, really, really close to acquiring Will Fuller, which would have been an honestly a very, very good signing for the Packers because right now they're in a, they're in a mode where they're trying to win the championship. So, you know, I think they're trying to win the Super Bowl. So if they would have got Will Fuller with Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones coming back later on in the season, like that team would honestly be insane. But, but besides the point, we are here to talk about week eight. And there were some good games that went on. There were some bad games that went on. And there were some teams that I was surprised at lost. And some teams that are kind of falling out of the race, the playoff race so far, halfway through the season. And we're going to start with the Vikings and the Packers. So as we know, the Vikings ended up beat, defeating the Packers 28-22. Vikings are now 2-5 and five, and the Packers fall to 5-3. and three. So currently the Packers are tied with the Bears, first place in the division. But I think the Vikings honestly showed us their potential if Kirk Cousins does a good job of holding onto the ball and not turning it over, because these past few weeks, I think he's second in the league in turnovers. And they really showed us with Dalvin Cook, you know, doing his thing and Kirk Cousins taking care of the football, what they are really about. And honestly, the Packers played a really good game. Like Aaron Rodgers didn't have any turnovers. It was a it was a turnover free game for the Packers. But it was just the fact that they couldn't stop Dalvin Cook, who had 226 total yards and three touchdowns. So it's it's kind of hard to determine what the Packers are at this point. And I still think the Packers have something to prove. I don't think they solidified themselves as, you know, one of the best teams in the NFC. I mean, obviously they are one of the best teams in the NFC, but I do think that they have a lot more work to do and a lot more things they need to prove on. And this game showed us that the run defense is obviously not anywhere where it needs to be if they want to win a championship and want to get out of this division. Because in my eyes, I still see how the Vikings played yesterday. I think they can progress through the season and, and get wins and string up some games where they're, you know, getting a good rhythm and try and find their way back into this thing because we're going to talk about the Bears later. But the Bears did not look very convincing against the Saints. Yes, the game was close, but they did not look very convincing. The Packers have probably the best team in that division, but the Vikings, I think, showed what they're capable of doing if they're able to get Dalvin Cook rolling. So, you know, that game was an interesting one, but going forward I think the Packers still have a lot to prove moving on the Chargers versus the Broncos was a very very crazy game the Broncos ended up winning by like one point um they ended up coming back it wasn't a crazy deficit but the Chargers are honestly a team that's known for the losing death like losing leads and you know it, they have a young quarterback at the end of the day the Chargers have a young quarterback they're really not expecting to win games like that because Justin Herbert has been a little bit you know up and down I mean he's been up but he still needs to work on not turning the ball over, which is obviously a key component of being a quarterback. If you turn the ball over, you're going to lose the game. But I still think, I honestly still think Justin Herbert is in the running for rookie of the year. I know he didn't play for the first two or three games of the season, but the games he has played has honestly outshined any other offensive rookie. You know, Joe, Joe Burrow is in that conversation, obviously. Um, you know, there's some other players that are in that conversation. But for me, it comes down to Justin Herbert and, and Joe Burrow. You know the Chargers fall to two and five. The Broncos fall to the Broncos um, get to three and four. 
But at the same time, I don't think neither of these teams are going to end up coming out of the division, meaning I don't think the Chargers are going to make the playoffs, and I don't think the Broncos are going to make the playoffs. Um, I honestly think the Raiders have the best chance at getting that second seed in the division. And who knows what's going to happen in terms of the playoffs because, you know, there could be plenty of teams that have good records but still don't make the playoffs. But at this point, I think the Raiders are the lock for number two spot. And then the Chargers and the Broncos are probably going to fall between the three and four spots. So this game was just, you know, competition of, you know, who can win between the bottom two teams. But I don't think either of these teams are going to progress any further. You know, they could still fight and cat claw and do all this other kind of stuff. But in terms of this, in terms of this um, game, I don't really think it shifted anyone's thoughts or, you know, progresses. And I don't think any of these teams are going to progress into the playoffs. With that being said, we're going to move into a rivalry that I know a lot of people were looking forward to, a game that plenty, plenty, of plenty, plenty of people watched, and it was the Steelers versus the Ravens. Now, people are going to say that whatever they want to say about Lamar Jackson. Personally, I'm a Lamar Jackson fan. Um, you know, I've rooted for him since the first game in the playoffs, and, you know, I hope he does well. I hope he ends up winning a championship. And the common discussion, the common thought is that Lamar Jackson continues to lose the big games he did it his first year uh didn't play well in the playoffs lost that game his second year i believe was the the year that he lost uh they had a first round bye and they lost in the second round and now he is in a situation where he basically has to prove to all these people that i'm capable of winning the big games i'm capable of taking over these types of games but like we saw on sunday lamar jackson when it mattered the most he didn't show up when it mattered the most he threw a pick six in the beginning of the game that changed the course of the game and and from there on from then on you know the Steelers ran with it because we know the Steelers are not gonna lose these types of games if they get a if they get a chance to to if they get a turnover if they get a chance to um end the game they're gonna end the game they're not gonna they're not gonna blow a lead they're not gonna do anything like that so the Steelers move on to 7-0 uh they're the only undefeated team in the league and honestly in my opinion, I do think that the Steelers are the most well-rounded team in the NFL. Like on defense, they've been they've been sound all year. They haven't let up big points. They've been able to cause turnovers. They've been able to score defensive touchdowns. You know, they've been able to keep their course. And the offense, the offense in my opinion isn't the best offense out of all in the league, but Big Ben has a case for MVP. And I know a lot of people are going to be like, you know, how's Big Ben going to win that? You know, what's going on with that? Big Ben could win MVP. Big Ben could win Comeback Player of the Year. It's most likely he's going to win Comeback Player of the Year because of the injuries he's been going through. And now now he's coming back and playing out of his mind. But MVP, he is not far away from it. I wouldn't say he's the front runner, but I do think he's in the discussion. And then the thing with the Ravens, I knew that we know the rate, we know how good the Ravens are. We know how good co- well coached they are in terms of personnel. You know, they, they're not the most talented personnel wise, but they've managed to get the job done. That's all that matters. They're second in the division. That's all that matters. But when we watch a game like this, the Ravens going up against the Steelers, a division rival, one of the best team, the best team in the NFL with the best record, you have you have to realize if they're going to lose a game like this, imagine what's going to happen in the playoffs. I know it's only it's only week eight. They you know still have a lot of season left to go. But you know if for for all I know, the Steelers could lose some games. The Ravens could gain first place and you know whatever. But going forward. We really need to see what the Ravens are capable of doing because these past three years, you know, we've thought of the Ravens. It's Ravens, Chiefs, Ravens, Chiefs, Ravens, Chiefs. And continuously, the Ravens continue to lose these games, these big games that matter. And I just don't understand how the Ravens are going to, you know, claw through this division because the Steelers are, 
head of steam at seven and zero. The Browns maybe maybe lost. They they might have lost Odell. You know, I think Miles Garrett picked up an injury, but they're still in it, man. They're st- I'm pretty sure the Browns are five and three. They're still in the division, and for all we know, the Bengals are still in the division. The Bengals now have two wins, so who knows? But I'm not saying the Ravens are going to lose their spot in number two. The Ravens could gain a number one spot, but going forward, we really need to see the Ravens be that dominant team that could possibly progress through into the playoffs because these past two years, we really haven't seen them get break out of that show. So, um, Dolphins and Rams. Um, Tua's first game, uh, first start with the Dolphins, and honestly, it really wasn't that impressive. I don't think that people should get excited over this game. Yes, they did win 28-17. The Dolphins are 4-3. and three. A lot of people honestly thought the Dolphins were going to do well. I thought the Dolphins were going to do well because of the free agent acquisitions they've gotten. And to be honest, the free agents that they've signed really haven't impacted the record or the roster that much. It's honestly come down to the start that Ryan Fitzpatrick has had and you know the coaching of Brian Flores. It really hasn't came down to Byron Jones because Byron Jones is injured. He's not even playing. And that was their big marquee signing. They signed Matt Breida. They signed Jordan Howard. They signed all these offensive stars. And these guys aren't even playing. These guys are injured. My, Gaskin is the current starter, starting running back for the Dolphins. And somehow they're four and three and second in the division over the Patriots, who we all thought would find a way to win games because of the Bill Belichick coaching system. But we're seeing now Brian Flores is able to carry this team, you know, with a rookie quarterback and with a veteran that's been playing plenty and plenty and plenty of years. But going forward, I don't think the Dolphins can win games like this because I, I don't, the Rams usually don't play mistake football. Like, they don't turn the ball over. The Rams are a very well-coached team. We all know this with Sean McVay, Jared Goff. We know they're a good team. We know that going forward, the Rams aren't really going to turn the ball over like they did on Sunday. So going forward, we really need to see Tua break out out of his shell even more because this game really wasn't a testament to how good he is. He only had 93 passing yards. It's not like he was out there slinging the rock and had 300 passing yards and five touchdowns. He had 98, 93, 98 passing yards. He's going forward. He's really not going to be able to, he really has to show us that he's going to be able to progress and get, have those big games so that the Dolphins can, you know, make some noise and possibly get into the playoffs. Who knows? I personally don't think the Dolphins will get in because of how competitive the AFC is. But if they continue playing like this, I don't think they can string up many wins because it came down to a punt return touchdown, a fumble recovery touchdown. You know, Tua did score, but it was a goal line. It was in the red zone. It wasn't like, you know, but going forward, Dolphins got to find a way to win um, another way. Tua's got to do better. The running game got to do better. Uh, defense and special teams isn't going to carry them the whole way. And then on the Rams side of things, um, at this point, every every game counts for them, man. Going forward, going forward, they have to play Arizona. They got to play San Francisco. They got to play some good teams, um, and they got to play some division games. So going forward, the, the these games matter because that division is really really tight. That division is really really tight. So honestly, uh, they're currently third. The the Cardinals are five and two. The Seahawks are six and one. Uh, 49ers are four and four, so every game counts for the Rams. So they need to start showing that they could, um, that they they should have won this game. Honestly, the Rams should have won this game. But we know in the NFL, not every game is proved. Not every game is is set in stone as a win. So going forward, the Rams really need to um, turn up the pace and, and start stringing up some wins. Um, so like we were talking about earlier, the Patriots. So the Patriots fall to the Bills. Um, I definitely do think that this game was very important for the Patriots to show that they 
that they have potential to be the best team in this division, and they fail to show that. Cam Newton, another game of him not playing well. Uh, they lost the game at the end because of him. So, honestly, I have to say it. The Bills are the best team in this division, and I know people probably thought thought of this at the beginning of the season. The Bills are the best team in the division. But now, you know, I wanted to wait until the midseason to, to really see how the Bills will perform because we know the Bill, we know how the Bills are. Sean, Sean McDermott, they're a good coach team. Uh, Josh Allen has been playing out of his mind this year. Uh, well, at least he started well. He's kind of been he's kind of been um, a little, you know, slow lately. But I think he's been doing a good job of getting wins, leading this team. They're six and two, the best team in this division with the best record. Um, and can and the real question is, can the Patriots bounce back? They're under the Dolphins. Um, they're two and five. Their next games are their next game is against the Jets. So that really could be a game that could that could give them some confidence and and give them some some uh, motivation to go forward. They play Baltimore and Houston. Those are the next three games: Jets, Baltimore, and Houston. So I think that Ravens game is definitely going to be tough. If they can win that, that would be huge. And the Houston game, Houston's not playing well right now, so you know they could they could win that game. But I think the next game they play against the Jets could really really help them uh, going forward in terms of motivation and. You know, trying to string up some wins. So, um, yeah, so the Patriots really need to get themselves together. Cam Newton needs to stop turning the ball over. You know, um, it really comes down to him. You know, Bill Belichick is supposed to be one of the best coaches in the NFL. And people said, oh, it doesn't matter who his quarterback is. It doesn't matter who who's on his team. You know, he's going to find a way. Well, we've seen this season. Bill Belichick isn't finding a way. He's getting outcoached by Brian Flores. Brian Flores is leading a Dolphins team that has a veteran who's played 14 years in the NFL, and and now he's about to lead a rookie quarterback. But Bill che- Bill Belichick has a former MVP and is struggling to win games. And yes, I know I understand Cam Newton had COVID, so that's part of the that's you know that could be a factor into um, why he's playing like this. But at the end of the day, in the, in the NFL, there's no excuses why if you're healthy, there's no excuses for playing bad. There's no excuses for playing bad if you're healthy. And right now, Cameron Cam Newton is healthy and he's not playing great. So going forward, he needs to figure out a way to win games. And yeah, that's just how it is. Um, next is Colts and Lions. I know this isn't the game that a lot of people are particularly interested in, but it is kind of interesting to see how the AFC um, is shaping out because there's a lot of t- there's a lot of talented teams with good records. And one of those is the Colts. With, they're, they're now 5-2. A lot of people don't even know that because they don't watch Colts games. And the Lions, the Lions are honestly one of the most inconsistent teams I've ever watched in my life. Like, they 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 play this game play games and then they 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 blow out the team or Matt Stafford goes off or Matt Stafford has a game winning drive and then the next game they just get absolutely destroyed and this is an example of that last last week uh, or two weeks ago they were able to beat Atlanta in a really really crazy game and now they go and now they're playing against the Colts and they get absolutely destroyed forty one to twenty one that's twenty point you know it's twenty point deficit so Lions are now three and four they're still in it they're still in it. They're still in it. They're higher than the Vikings, and the Vikings honestly just destroyed the Packers. So the Lions are still in it. You can't you can't count them out. But the Colts, um, I think the Colts showed that it's going to be a two way race between them and the Titans. The Titans have been impressive have been impressive with Derrick Henry, but they did take a loss this week, which hurts them. Um, but the Colts the Colts are showing that this is going to be a two way race. Uh, but for the Lions, Kenny Galladay being out is huge because Kenny Galladay was their heart and soul. Their best receiver, one of the best receivers in the league, and he's going to be out. He's going to be week to week. So 
going forward for the Lions, it's going to be tough to see how they can win games now because without Kenny Galladay, um, you know, their running, their running back core is, isn't great. You know, they, we know they have Adrian Peterson. He's a proved veteran. DeAndre Swift has been playing okay. Um, but it's going to have to come to Matt Stafford carrying them through games. And last year, uh, I think he was on pace to, to have a crazy amount of passing yards, a crazy amount of touchdowns, and he ended up getting injured. And historically, we know Matt Stafford to be one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Yes, historically he is because year in and year out, he continues to put up great stats, but his team can't carry him you know, to the playoffs or can't carry him to win to win enough games. So going forward, it's going to have to be Matt Stafford carrying his team and trying to get them farther into the into the um the thick of the division. So um, I think the Colts, the Colts are an impressive team, but uh, I don't think they're going to get that far in the playoffs. Phillip Rivers has been kind of up and down, but they're five and two, and that's really all that matters. Uh, the Chiefs versus the Jets. Chiefs just absolutely destroyed the Jets, and the only the only takeaway I can give you from this game is that the Jets are just the Jets are just not good at all. They're just I don't know how Adam Gase is still the coach. I don't know how that works if you go 0-8 and, and you're still a head coach of a football team. Um, we know Dan Quinn is gone. We know Mike McCarthy could possibly lose his job after just getting it. And somehow Adam Gase, after what's about to be two years of coaching, is still a head coach for the Jets. And the Chiefs, this game was night and day. This game was literally night and day. Um, it just showed the Chiefs are just a dominant team. That's all. That's all it has to come down to. They're continuing to win games. Patrick Mahomes is continuing to play well. You know they're staying healthy, and that's really all that matters. Seven and one, top of the division. They're just on another level compared to every other team. The only competition that I could see, the only competition that I could see them um, running into is the Steelers, of course, because they're seven and zero. The, the Chiefs could crush the Ravens. I watching Chiefs games compared to watching Ravens games, the Chiefs could absolutely destroy the Ravens. Um, but I think the one team that they're going to have a lot of trouble with is the is the um, the Steelers because of their defense and their you know how well rounded they are. Um, so going forward, the Chiefs are the Chiefs are going to continue to roll. It's going to be it's going to be uh, interesting to see how the Chiefs move forward. And no one's worried about the Jets. The Jets are probably going to lose sixteen games and. Uh, get Trevor Lawrence in the first round of the playoff and the first round of the draft. So yeah, this game was really night and day, and there's really nothing else I could say about it. Um, Titans versus Bengals. Titans improve. No, Titans do not improve. Titans drop to five and one, and the Bengals, the Cincinnati Bengals, improved to two five and one. It's kind of exciting. Like I'm not even gonna lie. Out of all the teams that are in the NFL right now that are like below five hundred. I honestly think the Bengals are the most entertaining team or the most exciting team to to watch because Joe Burrow is just Joe Burrow. He's not amazing, but he just plays the game well. He just doesn't he doesn't turn the ball over. He knows he knows when to make the right passes. He knows he knows to make the right decisions. And there's a lot of quarterbacks in here that have been playing five or six years in the NFL that we're going to talk about later that doesn't even know when to throw the ball away. But Joe Burrow knows when to throw the ball away and knows what to do in certain situations. And the Titans, honestly, I feel like the Titans are starting to show their true colors and how one-dimensional they are. Um, Derrick Henry had an amazing game, 122 rushing yards and a touchdown. Tannehill didn't have a great game. He turned the ball over, but had two touchdowns, 223 passing yards, 18 of 30. Didn't have a terrible game. But, you know, the the Titans got to find another way to win, bro. Whether it's on defense, maybe their defense isn't playing well enough. But on offense, they're doing the thing. Henry's playing well. Tannehill's playing okay. But the defense has got to show up, especially against a team like the Cincinnati Bengals. 
You can't be losing these types of games, especially if you want to be number one in your division. The Titans aren't looking, I mean, the Texans aren't looking to take your spot. The Jaguars aren't looking to take your spot. The only team that could possibly, um, you know, take um, take you over is the Colts. So you've got to figure out a different way to win games. Derrick Henry cannot carry you every single game this year. It's just not going to happen. The defense has got to step up. But the Bengals improved to 2-5-1. and one. This was a very impressive win for them. And uh, I don't think they're going to get in the playoffs, the Bengals. But this was an impressive win to show, you know, another game that just increases Joe Burrow's morale and just helps him progress along his in his career. So this was a big win for them. Um, another team in the division with the Bengals, the Browns, did lose to the Raiders. It was it was not a great outing for the Browns. Um, and I honestly think going forward, the Browns might be falling apart. Because it's just like, it's hard It's hard to root for the Browns because it's like one week Baker Mayfield throws for 500 yards or, you know, has five pa- passing touchdowns. And then another week he has like three interceptions and 150 passing yards. So how does that work? Baker Mayfield one day is playing like Joe Montana and the next day he's playing like uh, Mitchell Trubisky. It doesn't make any sense. I don't understand why he's playing, you know, so like up and down. But the Raiders... The Raiders get out of this game with the win. It was only 16 to 6. It's not like the Raiders blew them out. The Browns are still in the game the entire time. But, you know, going forward, the Raiders really do have to win some games that is going to decide this division. They got the Chargers, then they got the Broncos, and then they got Kansas City again. And they did beat Kansas City. Kansas City's only loss is against the Raiders. So the Raiders really could go 3 and 0 and improve to 7 and 3, which could put them ahead of the Chiefs. But, you know, we know how good the Chiefs are, and we know that they're going to improve and get better by that week. Um, but I, I do think the Browns are kind of falling apart. You know, uh, Baker Mayfield is kind of he's losing his touch. And I know he just had a great game, and it seems like every time we, we, we critique Baker Mayfield or say he's not he's not as good as we think he is, he goes out and just balls out. And that could happen. But losing Odell is huge. And I know Odell wasn't having a great year. But he's one of the best receivers in the league, whether we like it or not. It doesn't matter if he's not having a career year or if he's not um, putting up, you know, Randy Moss numbers. But at the end of the day, he's a good receiver. He's a reliable receiver. But it's just that he just doesn't fit with the Browns. And I think the Browns are going to eventually move on from him, which is sad because we all want to see Odell Beckham succeed, or at least I want to see him succeed. There's a lot of people out there that really don't want to see him succeed. But, you know, the ACL tear is huge for him. You know, hopefully he gets better soon and the Browns are possibly going to move on from him. But wherever he goes, hopefully he finds himself in a good situation where he can show how good he truly is. Um, So the next game was the Saints versus the Bears. Uh, Saints win in overtime. They win by a field goal. And this is another game where uh, the Bears really show the Bears are really showing they're not they're They're not as good as their record shows. Uh, yes, the Bears are 5-3, and three, but I think that has to be a big part of their defense. And historically, we all know how good the Bears' defense all, usually is. Khalil Mack, Eddie Jackson, Kyle Fuller, these types of guys. We understand how good their defense is. But on offense, they still can't get over the hump. Nick Foles, yes, he is a Super Bowl MVP. Yes, he did win a Super Bowl. But has Nick Foles ever started an entire season and carried a team to the playoffs? He did do it one year in Philadelphia. But they did have a first round exit, and it wasn't like it was some kind of crazy, uh, some crazy record. Or I think they went ten and six or nine and seven that year. He went with them, but that was his second year in the NFL. He's only, he's come a long way in his career, and since that year, he really hasn't shown that he can play an entire season. Every year he was with the Eagles and he went to the playoffs, it was because 
Carson Wentz gets injured, he has to come in for the last three or four games and win some games. And he, of course, if you need him to do that, he's going to do that. But we're seeing that Nick Foles has that game where he shows he's the Super Bowl MVP, and then another game like this where he's like, "Dude, come on, you gotta, you gotta lead this team. You gotta play better. You gotta, you know what I'm saying?" And the Saints, honestly, the Saints, these wins that they've been having these last few weeks have been very, very, very impressive. Because think about how good the Saints are going to be when Michael Thomas gets back. Just think about that. The last five, the last five times the Saints won this year were decided by seven or less points. Think about that. They don't even have their best receiver, the guy that Drew Brees always has to rely on, and they're continuing to win games. Yes, they're close, but that's just part of the, that's just part of their offense not being as productive as it used to be. And because the trade deadline's over, we know Michael Thomas isn't getting moved. So when he comes back, imagine how good his team is going to be. Yeah, their division is kind of tough. Carolina's tough. Um, Carolina's very tough. They played they played Carolina close. Saints played Carolina close. And then the Saints also have to worry about the Bucks, who they play on Sunday night. And that's going to be a big, big deciding factor on who moves forward. Because we know how good the Bucks are. We know how good the Saints are. And the Saints, like I said, have been winning games without their best player. And, you know, you could argue Kamara right now because he's playing out of his mind. But we all know how good Michael Thomas is, man. We know how good he is. And imagine how good the Saints are going to be when he comes back. But... Going back to the Bears, I I kind of I think the, the the Bears have been playing some close games lately. I think they're very competitive, but they're just kind of overrated for me. They still haven't shown really, you know, some cr- like crazy blowout or you know beating a really really good team. Yes, they beat the Bucks, but that was because of the Bucks' errors on offense, which led to the Bears winning the game. So you can't really say, oh the Bucks, the I mean, oh the Bears blew out the Bucks. Oh my God, they beat Tom Brady. Like it really came down to the Bucks you know, um, biting themselves in the foot or shooting themselves in the foot and, and losing that game because of offensive errors. So going forward, the Bears really need to show the really need to show that they could be a big powerhouse team and be like, listen, we're we're really in this thing. We're really gonna progress and, and try and win this division. And like I said earlier in the in the podcast, I, I think the the Packers are the better team. I think the Packers are definitely the better team. Uh but the Bears think that they have a chance, and going forward, we need they need to show us that they can beat some big teams and and you know compete with these types compete with these uh, big markets. Um, so the Seahawks and 49ers. Um, Russell Wilson's the MVP. I, I just there's no other way there's no other way to put it. Russell Wilson's the MVP. He every it doesn't matter even in the game where they lost against Arizona, he still played the best of his ability to keep them keep them in that game and we know how good Arizona is this year and they're going to be a team they're going to be a team that a lot of people are talking about um going forward so we can't we can't we can't say that they're not going to be in the mix but the Seahawks the Seahawks are arguably the best team in the NFC they're arguably the best team in the NFC you could probably argue the Bucks right now but the Seahawks are arguably the best team in the NFC um Russell Wilson to me is a front runner uh I think the Seahawks so far really haven't played like a really, really talented team. But next week they have the Bills, and that's honestly going to be a huge test to see um, if they can beat a big powerhouse because the Bills right now are the best team in that division, and the Seahawks are the best team in this division. So we're really going to see, can the Seahawks win a game like this? Because we know the 49ers are done. 49ers are done this year. Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo can't stay, can't stay healthy. Uh, George Kittle is going to be out for six to eight weeks. So it's really, the, the 49ers are four and four. You know, they could be competitive. You know, we know how good Kyle Shanahan is good. We know how good he is as a coach. But 
it's going to be hard to win, man. Like, you can't, you can't, it doesn't matter how many injuries a team has. To a certain extent, it's like, how long can we keep this roster going without our star quarterback and without our star tight end? Nick Mullins, like, come on, Nick Mullins is going to carry the the 49ers to, going to carry the 49ers to a playoff berth? I don't think so. But the 49ers are falling apart. I don't think that they're going to do any damage in the, going forward. But we're still obviously going to give, we're going to give them everyone a fair evaluation. But the Seahawks are just on another level right now. They're 6-1. Russell Woods is the MVP. DK Metcalf's insane. And that's just, that's just that. All right, so. Moving on to the worst division in football, the NFC least, the memes, the the tweets, I've seen it all, um, but the Eagles did pull it out to get first place in the division, 23-9. They defeated the Ben DiNucci-led Cowboys. Um, this division, man, if you watch this game, if you watch this game, it's just honestly a true representation of this division. Um, the fact that the Eagles won this game by 23-9 uh is not is not uh reflective of how that game went. Uh Carson Wentz continues to turn the ball over, had two interceptions and two fumbles, and the Eagles still won the game. That just shows you how bad this division is. The Cowboys are absolutely awful. I've never seen a team play as bad as the Cowboys this year. I'm sorry. The Bengals are better than the Cowboys. The football team is playing better than the Cowboys, and we're going to get to the Giants later. Uh those two wins, those two wins are honestly just a, a representation of how um, how much the Cowboys missed Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott was a huge, huge part of the Dallas Cowboys getting those two wins, and him him being out for the rest of the season is 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 it just shows the Cowboys are done. The Cowboys are done for the season. Uh, there's no way. There's no way I can see the Cowboys winning another game. Uh, they they play Pittsburgh next week, and I honestly think Pittsburgh is on is going to show them that listen. Your season's over. Pittsburgh is going to go be eight and zero, and Ben DiNucci is going to have one leg left. But I don't even think they're going to start him next week. I think the Cowboys are starting Cooper Rush, who you know a lot of people haven't seen play. But I think the Cowboys at this point are just playing ring around the rosy with their quarterbacks because they don't know what to do at all. Ben DiNucci is not it. Cooper Rush is not it. At this point, at this point, the Cowboys just should, should just sign Colin Kaepernick and just trade everybody and get the first round pick and draft Trevor Lawrence. I don't even know at this point. Maybe the Cowboys should just tank. Um, but in terms of this division, are the Eagles the favorite to win it? Yes. Um, there's nothing that tells me otherwise, personnel-wise, coaching-wise. Ta- I mean, uh, playing-wise, the Eagles should not be 3-4-1. They should not be first place in the, this division. The Eagles haven't played like they're a first place team. But because of how bad this division is, they're in first place. Um, the Eagles do have a bye week. The Cowboys play Pittsburgh. And then the Giants and the football team play play against each other. And that that could decide something. Because if the football team beats the Giants, then they'll improve to be second place in the division. And then the Giants will basically just be bottom, bottom feeders and not do anything going forward. But... I think the Eagles are the favorite in this division. They're getting healthier. They're getting players back. Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson likely come back. Uh, Zach Ertz, Miles Sanders. They have a lot of players that are out with injury. Uh, Lane Johnson. You know, there's a lot of players that the Eagles are missing. So once they, they get all the pieces to the puzzle, I think the Eagles can be the front runners in this division. But Carson Wentz needs to get it together. No, they shouldn't bench Carson Wentz, but he needs to get it together because he's not playing like he's a five-year quarterback 
when, when I was talking about Joe Burrow earlier, who makes good decisions and knows when to throw the ball away. But if you watch the game, Wentz does not know what to do when he is in a situation where he's getting pressed. He just looks like he's a deer in headlights, tries to find a play that's not even there, and then ends up turning the ball over. Like if you're if you're if you can't get a receiver open, if there's no one open, throw it away. Why are you throwing it? Why are you trying to force a play, or why are you trying to throw bombs and and then the, the interception is caught or fumble is, fumble happens? Just throw it away. Be safe. You know, it's just I don't understand. But Eagles are front runners. Cowboys are terrible. NFC least. We're calling them the NFC least from now on, and until one of these teams go, goes above five hundred, most likely going to be the Eagles. So once the Eagles get above five hundred, we'll call this team the NFC East instead of the NFC least. Uh, speaking of the NFC least. The Giants and the Bucks, the last game of this week eight slate. Uh, this is a very competitive game. I think a lot of people were not expecting this game to be this competitive. Uh, the Giants were ahead for most of the game. Brady was very, very frustrated, but the Bucks ended up pulling it off, and it honestly just shows of how, it honestly just shows how much Tom Brady is carrying his team. Tom Brady has has brought this team out of some really, really bad situations on offense, especially with all the injuries that they have. Uh, you know, they've been, they've had Leonard Fournette out for a period of the season. He's back, but they've had him out for a period of the season. Mike Evans was injured for a game or two. Chris Godwin was out. But the if the Bucks can can get these players back, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown is most likely going to play next week. We don't know, like, the amount of snaps or the amount of playtime he's going to be getting. But having Antonio Brown is going to be very, very good for the Bucks, And it's really going to help them uh, differentiate themselves from other teams in the, in the NFL. And... And when it comes down to the best teams in the NFC, when it comes down to the best teams in the NFL, I honestly think it comes down to the um, the Steelers, Chiefs, Bucks, and Seahawks. Those are those are the favorites for me. Those are the favorites for me. Bucks and Seahawks in the NFC, and the Chiefs and the Steelers for the AFC. Um, but let's you know let's talk about the Giants. I want to also talk about them because I really don't think the Giants played a bad game, and I really don't think the Giants have had a bad season. And it may seem like, oh, they're one in seven, so they must have just been terrible. I've gone back. Six out of the eight games that the Giants have played have been decided by one score. Think about that. The Giants are one in seven. So if they get a field goal, if they get an extra touchdown, if they get, you know, this or that, if they get an extra possession, they're winning the game. And the Giants, for all we know, could be five and two instead of seven, one and seven. Um, but it just comes down to Daniel Jones not being ready. He's not ready for these clutch moments. He's not ready to show up. The players, if that, are not ready to show up. Because last week, the Giants lost because of a drop pass by Evan Ingram. So you can't blame Daniel Jones for everything. But at the same time, there have been situations where Daniel Jones turns the ball over. Daniel Jones can't make the big play to help them win the game. And in this case, they had a chance to win the game with a two-point conversion or tie the game with a two-point conversion, and they weren't able to convert, which led to them losing this game. But I do think... Uh, that the Giants have been competitive, and you know it. It sucks that they're one in seven. They lost Saquon with the season-ending injury, so it's they're probably not going to be in the mix at all because they're one in seven. It's not like they're going to win eight games and make the playoffs. They're probably not. But in, in the NFC least, who knows what could happen? In the NFC least, who knows what could happen? But for me, uh, the Bucks right now are one of the best teams, and they're getting Antonio Brown, which is really, really gonna um, is really gonna help them propel to to get to the top of the division and to the top of the NFL power rankings or whatever them whatever that may be. But with that being said, I hope you guys enjoy this episode of the Clocked In podcast. This was a week 8 recap and the week 9 preview. 
will be coming either Friday or Saturday, so stay tuned for that. Make sure you're following me on Twitter at ClockedIn24 underscore 7, ClockedIn24 underscore 7. Hope you guys have a great day. You know, watch the election. See what's going on in your country, uh, or at least in the U.S. Uh, Hope you guys enjoy the day, and I'll see you guys next time. Peace.